Hello. And welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an I. The podcast where we go through the entire filmography of Tony Collette. I'm Sam. I'm Jake. And today joining us, we have two very special guests, Mr. Fluke Human. What's good? And Ms. McKenna Jarrell. Hi. And today we are talking about the movie Enough Said, written and directed by Nicole Hall of Senior, uh, about Julia Louis-Dreyfus fucking James Gandolfini. Yeah. So I don't know if either of you had seen this movie before, but I hadn't. Uh, I, I had not. That. Yeah. Yeah. All I, I knew seeing posters for it all over New York, like freshman year of college. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, all I knew about it was that I thought that Julia Louis Dreyfus fucked James Gandolfini, and it turns out that that's what the movie's about. I um, thought he was her dad for like uh, all the marketing. I feel like there was another movie with James Gandolfini and like Christian Stewart where he plays a dad. He like died. This was his final role. In a, yeah. in a film. He died right? he died a little while before it came out, yeah. Like she a year after the film finished filming. He was on The Sopranos, right? Yes. Mm. Sorry, wait, Fluke, did you say something? <laughs> oh, no, I was just so sad that he died. <laughs> that was just such, I thought I had a happy ending. I was like, nope. Oh, yeah. I I um re-remembered that he died after watching this movie. I forgot that he died. I didn't know who he was, but I know that he they had a violent death scene for him in the movie and then they had to cut it. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's not funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's an epilogue to the epilogue. That's actually Tony kills him. Yeah. Yeah, she comes back. <laughs> Okay, uh, so I don't know. What were you guys' first impressions? How do you guys do with like romantic comedies in general? Because I'm still figuring out how I feel about them. Okay. Um, go, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I love a romantic comedy. Um, this one in particular was extremely stressful for me to watch. I was stressed out for her the whole time. Um, and I don't know, like, I, I, as someone who, like, looks at, um, or, like, d- doesn't look at red flags for myself, um, I definitely felt anxious for her while she's, like, picking him apart, and I felt really bad for him, and, like, oh, so, yeah, I guess I was uncomfortable, but it was a great movie, like, a lot of, all the special appearances, I was happy to see Angela Johnson, and, like, just, yeah, a star-studded film. Yeah. 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 I was like more wrong than calm. I'll say like 70, 30 wrong to to calm. (laughs) Uh, I like the the beginning scene when they're at the party. I found it kind of funny, cringy. I kind of like that. They're kind of playing how like you have to be like corny and polite. And then it was like Tony Collette's husband, uh, like kind of broke the tension. I thought he was kind of cool because he, he would just like blurt shit out sometimes. So that was dope. Um, yeah, I, I kind of enjoyed the cringe elements of it, but it did get a little like too much sometimes too. I was definitely like stressed. So I feel that. I didn't find that couple believable at all. I'm like Tony would never. <laughs> <laughs> I- yeah. 
I definitely felt like in some ways this was kind of a horror movie waiting to happen because it's mm-hmm. like the scare – when you think about it, isn't the thought of like knowing every single flaw about the person you just started dating like the scariest thing possible? I was like, I feel like Ari Oster could have like rewritten this script to be scary like very easily and it would have taken mm-hmm. him about 36 hours at most. Yeah, I would I love really to wanna... see. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no. Sorry. I was I just gonna say I would love to see it that way. Yeah. Also, like I would love to see it Wallace and Gromit style, like Flamethrower, <laughs> but specifically, I feel like both Tony and Julia Louis. Louis I can never say her name. Louis Dreyfus. Louis. I think Louis, it's Louis Dreyfus. I'm not Louis sure. Louis Dreyfus. I feel like I've been re- like saying it wrong my whole life, and here I am as an adult. Um, I feel like they both would be great. In like the chicken run Wallace and Gromit style <laughs> world. <laughs> I don't um, know. I could take it. <laughs> I always just call her JLD because it's shorter and it's like she yeah. earned the acronym, you know. Yeah. I actually yeah. want to see her in like a straight up horror movie. Me too. Like, that would be fun. Because she's great. so good at that like cringy, like awkward thing, like Veep. I don't know. I just want like Veep was the I fully binged all of Veep in quarantine. <laughs> And it's not a, I don't love it, but she's like so the same, basically this yeah. the whole time, except Veep she's just stresses like a power me out. hungry Veep. asshole. Yeah, Veep is stressful. Yeah. I, I love, I, but Julie Louis Dreyfus does stress so well, though. I feel like every time in this movie, every time she's uncomfortable, her upper lip just disappears. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I think her and Tony together is really an interesting combo that I enjoy. And Tony using a natural accent for once. Love as that. Well. Yeah. Um, she really, she really showed her range when she said, uh, "like herb," and she's like, "What? She's like, An herb." <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So wait, should we talk about the characters, maybe Sam, and we can just like briefly summer because the plot only requires like a two second summary really yeah yeah i mean it, it's just like james and julia are two divorcees who reluctantly start dating um and it turns and then it turns out that julia has become friends with his ex-wife well because and, she was her masseuse yeah yeah and they like really hate each other and she doesn't tell either of them that she knows the other classic I'm getting anxious just thinking about it. I don't know. And, has and anybody ex- else ever been in that situation? I know someone who has. Who? No. <laughs> I can't say. Okay. But um, <laughs> not exactly in that situation because this person wasn't dating either of them. They were just like accidentally met exes. Oh, interesting. Separately and became close with both. And then yeah. were like, oh, weird. But didn't tell, I don't think. Because it was, you know, it's not as necessary. Like, what JLD like does here. Without the, without the stress. It's like a little exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's the first um, draft of this movie. Did, well, also, did, you, guys his, find, um, did you guys find um, her character likable? Sometimes. JLD. Wait, which character? Tony's or um, Eva? Is it Eva? Is that her name? Yeah, oh, yeah that's Julia Louis-Dreyfus is named Eva. Oh, yeah. My 
comprehension as an adult. Like I, I watch movies. Like I know Chloe, the friend, like the 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 daughter's friend's name, but for oh, some yeah. reason, like important character names just fly out the window often. I refer <laughs> yeah. to everybody by their actors' names always. Oh, yeah. I kind of, you know, I have the IMDb on my laptop right here. So. Oh, nice. Oh, um, Eva, but Eva, do you find yeah. Fluke? Do you find her uh, her likable? Uh, yeah, I guess so. She's cool. I think she's kind of inherently a likable person, <clears throat> just by virtue like, of being played by Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, but it's like with Tony. Weirdly, I didn't like her character, even though I was like. I found myself very indifferent to Tony's character. Yeah. I think that I liked Julia Louis-Dreyfus, but that's just because she was wearing, like, a sweater. I feel like anybody's more likable in a sweater. They just look so, like, cute and cozy. Uh, When she was, like, knitting at the store and she was like, your friends are having threesomes? I was like, I love you, Julia. But then she was so mean to James Gandolfini. So mean, oh, yeah. She, she yeah. went from likable to every single day. She would just be like, "So I'm dating this ugly fucking troll." Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no. She just she's in her she's a middle aged woman, and she had no. the right to be picky. No, this is this is how Andrew Lazan used to talk about me when we were dating. I recognize that. He said that you couldn't whisper and were flabby. Yes, exactly <laughs> that. I mean, it looks like, I, I, based on the height of your bed, it looks like you have a night table. So. That's true. I do have a night table, so I have that going for me. I have one uh, as well. I, found, I found Tony's character very likable. I feel like she was a good friend, and she's like, she was the perfect little relief. I don't know. It seemed like, it seemed like she was a good friend for Eva, whereas yeah. the... The ex-wife of what's his nuts was more like um, Albert was <laughs> was more kind of like I was like this friendship is not real you oh, know like, well it was not, never real yeah it's so sad that like you know to to see women hanging out like that and you're like oh they they don't really like each other that much you know or like they just that's ah, it's weird oh yeah, yeah. I, have a, I have a question did a, a man write this movie no, written and directed by a woman who also her like first movie is about a woman dating a guy who she describes as ugly and there's like a conflict about it. Mm. That's a nice aesthetic to have this filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I want to watch it though. Like I'm going to be I really liked this movie even though I disagreed with lots of things that the characters did. Um, I just let it wash over me. It, it just it like felt the very poetry. Like, yeah, it, it felt like Nancy Myers to me. Like I just wanted to like cuddle up with a blanket. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little. It's a good little feel yeah. good after you feel anxious um, flick, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like if Midsummer had ended with them leaving. I love how like you didn't watch Midsummer for like a year, and now that you've seen it, you bring it up every single time we talk. We hang out. <laughs> I finally saw Midsummer. I thought it was very good. Julia Louis Dreyfus was originally cast as um, the bear. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, did James Gandolfini. See... James Gandolfini would be the Florence Pugh character if enough said was Midsummer, because Julia Louis Dreyfus is definitely the one who would dump him. I have a fun sidebar about Julia. Um, has anyone seen that made-for-TV adaptation of Geppetto, called Geppetto, where Drew Drew Carey plays Geppetto and Julia Louis Dreyfus plays the Blue Fairy? And this sounds so fake. And no, and she sings a song to him. Um, and they're like dance in the woods. <laughs> and she has a British accent. Incredible. Um, I didn't even know there was a like standalone Geppetto. Yeah, it's like not really <laughs> Disney, but it's like ABC you know, family. Geppetto? You're talking yeah, about Pinocchio's Geppetto. dad. Okay, so he has like his whole origin thing. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a retail, it's like Maleficent, but it's like, it's like he, it, it follows him like looking, it's like Finding Nemo. Oh, okay. He's like looking for him. Oh, okay. So it's the same story from his point of view. Yeah, I had a VHS tape growing up and I really thought it was a great film that everybody had seen. And now that I'm talking about it, I feel like no one else saw it at all. <laughs> I, I truly have never heard of this. I'll send you the clip of her singing. It's really strange. Um, What I really liked about this movie um, was at the end of their first date when he tries to kiss her and she says, no, thank you. Because I've had to do that before and it was just as awkward as it looks. And I really also liked that the first date was like awkward and not that good. Like it's so cute though. It, it was so cute, but I feel like a lot of times movies kind of, uh, like, I don't know, like, characters' reactions won't match what just happened, and I feel like they both had, like, the completely appropriate reaction to that first date, because, like, she was killing it, and he and, and he was a little rusty, uh, and afterwards... I'm going to go get uh, Froyo, and they're like, because I remember getting Froyo, like, remember Froyo? yeah. Your roommate was, got mad at you for not having been to um, that Froyo place. Yeah. I mean, Froyo is such a 2013 That's thing. true. <laughs> I actually look yeah. at Froyo quite often. Um, Still? I do, yeah. It's <gasps> oh, well, you're in LA. Oh. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, they do have Froyo still, <laughs> but there's like different regulations. Like some of them, you have to wear gloves to touch the handles, and oh, different. It's good. different. The self-service Froyo is still alive and well, though. Yeah. Um, but also, the That's... amount of toppings he put on was offensive. Well, what, what, you, what can we say? He... I was I was mad at him because those gummy bears like freeze on contact with with the Froyo. Mm-hmm. It's not well, going to taste good. It was a plot point, so. Yeah, to. but if yeah. he was really like if he if he was really eating a lot, then he would know which foods taste good in combination with other foods. Don't you My kind of feel like they? To... Could... Oh, sorry, what? I was gonna no, say no, they no. Could pick, like a more <laughs> like a more handsome like a big guy, you know? Oh, like well, <gasps> you know who the first choice was for this role mm-hmm. was Louis C.K. <gasps> it was Louis C.K. they wanted, yeah. And he turned it down. Thank God. <laughs> he said no. Thank God. Can you fucking imagine? Wow. 
That would have been dope. That would have been way funnier. No, it would have been so funny. It would have been a com- more of a comedy if it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, Open the door for brunch in his like sweatpants and t-shirt, and it would have been much more believable. The scene where his dick <laughs> comes out. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's a oh scene, my god. There's a scene where he accidentally exposes himself to Julia Louis Dreyfus. Accidentally. Like, if it's Louis C.K., then it stops being an accident. That would have been, that would have been like the most horrible moment of film history. It would have been. been it would have been injury. so funny in <laughs> retrospect. <laughs> I would have liked it because then when he got canceled, you would have like the soft boys of comedy going like, "Look, say what you will about his treatment of women, but enough said is a fucking incredible film." <laughs> Do you think that's why he turned it down? Because he's like, I'm gonna get canceled for whipping out my dick at some point. I can't have like this. Oh my god! Like in a movie, he's like, no, no, this is the home. I'm not a method actor, actually. Yeah. Cancel <laughs> countdown. The canceling countdown clock. Dave Becky flagged it for him for sure. Can we talk about his shitty daughter? The shitty daughter, or all oh, the shitty daughters? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. James Gandolfini's daughter was the only shitty daughter, I thought. You're right. It's because her mom is the mom from Get Out. so awkward and, like, unfun. Like, you know? Like, Chloe, when, solid kid. Yeah. But, but Chloe's mom, who is from... Daughter, for sure. What? Like, best best Chloe's, daughter in the world, Chloe. Yeah. <laughs> was Chloe Eva's daughter or... Her friends, her friend. Her friends, her friends. Okay, her Chloe friends. was Tavi Oh Gevinson. yeah, because her daughter's name was Ellen. Yeah, so was, that was yeah. a weird name, I thought. Um, Seth but, Ellen, but I. Yeah. So her mom, who's in like two scenes, her mm. friend's mom is from Transparent. Um, mm. and she like, but she like when she just like, like goes up to her and snatches her away and calls her, like, a dyke. I'm like, what? I loved that. Throughout the wonder. Yeah, throughout that, the movie. Like, oh, what? sorry, sorry. No, go on. No, I was just going to say, it just, it just showed, like, why that girl has mommy issues, because her mom's a mm-hmm. psycho. <laughs> That's very true. Um, yeah. I don't remember what I was going to say. Were you going to talk about all the cameos? Like, um, Oh, Di- Jessica St. Clair yes. is uh, one of Julia Louis-Dreyfus's uh, massage clients. And I loved seeing her every time. She's, She's in the United States of Tara. And she is, what's her name? I, I, I'm going to have you say her nickname because I don't want to say it on live. Oh, she plays the yuppie cunt on United States. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Crossover. Um, who else is in this movie? Quite a few people. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's all the ones of note that the, I... Um, uh, the ex-wife, either Caroline or Catherine Keener, I feel really bad for yeah. not knowing, but she oh, has Catherine. been... Catherine Keener. She has been in every single one of Nicole Holofcener's movies that she directed mm. except for the most recent one but up until enough said she was five for five she's good she she's really good in get out but i don't think i've seen her in anything else besides yeah. this and that Love but she's like a, who's angela johnson 
She's the the comedian. Um, she was the maid in the oh uh, Tony's maid. Yeah. Oh my also, god. Also, that was is Melissa McCarthy's real life husband. Oh really? Oh my god. Um, yeah. Yeah. They met at Groundlings, and then they were like in bridesmaids together. Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, a couple other things, but yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Angela Johnson does like the the nail salon. She's like that's her most famous bit. Is like she does like the nail salon. Um, she does like the the Asian lady voices at the nail salon. Anyways, um, love her. Huh. <laughs> but yeah, that was a weird storyline with Tony and her maid. Yeah, I didn't know how to feel about that. That felt like the prototype for this new like genre of media that's been coming out lately. That's like well-meaning white person fucks it up. Except we never like see like. You know, because she she starts out in the movie being like, he wants me to fire the maid. Like, how fucking horrible is he? And then she fires the maid. She, like, rehires her. And then ends up, like, calling her stupid and screaming at her about, like, putting a baseball in a kitchen drawer or something and firing her. And she, like, leaves in a huff and they have this big blowout. And then it turns out that the maid didn't even leave the baseball in the kitchen drawer which feels very identical to like every book that has been on Reese Witherspoon's book club in the past couple of years I know <laughs> she's really ahead of the curve Tony Collette always I kind of like how this movie was like an inversion of the last movie we covered except she was the lead of the rom-com yeah I like how she's just transitioned into these indie rom-com moments. Oh, yeah. And Fluke watched Lucky Them for when we were originally going to record in March, which we just covered last week. Oh, dope. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) You remember it? Yeah, I do. Um, Did you like it? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I remember, like, vaguely. Um, Yeah. I don't know. There's little bits and pieces. Yeah, it wasn't super memorable, but... It was fine. <laughs> yeah, I think this is probably better, but in some ways worse. Yeah. There was a review for this movie um, that said, I think that all the digs at James Gandolfini's weight and like supposed ugliness is in very poor taste, given that he died shortly after this was completed. I was like, they didn't know that he was going to die when they filmed it. Yeah, maybe they did. They're like, they should have edited out all the the plot of the movie. I know. <laughs> um, the central conflict of this movie is offensive to me. You have to be really comfortable with your typecast to play a role like his. I know. Yes. Oh, and apparently the writer based it on her own relationship with the guy who edited this movie. And... I have the picture. I'm going to share it with you guys because they kind of look exactly like um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and James Gandolfini in this movie. This is a great thing to do for an audio-only podcast. Wow. (gasps) Wow. I I would actually, I would sleep with this guy over... James Gandolfini? Yeah. I would not. What yeah, because he's in glasses. It means that he knows how to read. She looks like Tina Fey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, I feel like whenever writers base characters on themselves, that character is always really like quippy and like knows like yeah. exactly what to say. 
I felt like this was very like Gilmore Girls esque almost. Except for when yeah. I try to write a character for myself, I just sound boring. Yeah, I don't know. No, you don't. So you agree? So you agree? No, I don't like, agree. Sometimes in like like in Gilmore Girls, for example, they'll say things, and I'm like, no one talks like that. You know, yeah. like she'll like first episode, she's like, oh wow, you're somewhat of a Kerouac. It's like okay, no one says that. Like, um. I don't know and then but like this movie felt like very believable but the honesty was almost like a little bit cringy like when she's picking at her feet I was like stop (laughs) oh my god he was like I hate feet did you get that connection where he's like I hate feet and then his ex-wife is like you have to be barefoot in the house oh shit damn oh a close watcher that's me. And I called it so early. She wanted to make him as uncomfortable as possible, so she forced him to see as many feet as possible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but did that anyone else call it so that. early that I it was like it her? I it or two before it was revealed. Oh my god, I knew as soon as we met her, I was like, she's his ex. Oh no, I had no idea. No, I think I, I felt smart, but it was like right on, on cue of when I was supposed to realize it because shortly after she was like. <gasps> the guacamole salsa monologue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, I was about it like the earlier, the beginning of like that scene and then the, the guacamole happened and I was like, yeah, movie points. Yeah. yeah, I started feeling really bad for Albert, like. The whole time, even the daughter relationship, like it made me like, uh, so um, Albert and yoga lady or poetry lady's um, daughter made me like Albert and the poetry lady less because I was like, how did they raise this shitty person? Like they both seemed pretty likable. And then like, usually parents are a good indicator if your kids have no manners or like like where the no manners came from. So I was like, this doesn't make super, or make a lot of sense. I agree, but I also kind of think that this movie kind of, and not in a in a mean way, but it definitely had a vendetta against millennials. Um, mm-hmm. and, and just like a normal, it was such a like Gen X movie. Like, it was like, oh my God, can you believe it? We're middle-aged and these kids are so weird and they're having threesomes and Oh my god, <laughs> Facebook. What? And like it, it but it almost made yeah. it made me empathize with them more. Like mm. I was like, oh my god, you know what? Maybe I maybe I should just like love and stand Joe Biden like unconditionally. <laughs> like that's what this movie made me feel like. <laughs> <laughs> they don't understand our generation with our wacky threesomes and our texting and getting coffee with our friends. <laughs> my mom's gonna listen to this, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I really wanted um Julia and James to have a threesome. With his ex? I don't know, just with anybody. That's not something that I wanted to I just thought of it now. With Tony, Why not? With Tony yes, her oh. husband sucks. Yeah, he's she was in a happy marriage for sure. They are always fighting. And she was always like, I wanna be single. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it showed them standing up next to each other but is she is tony much taller than the, the man who played her husband the whole spiritually like, yes he has no redeeming qualities yeah for whatever reason i don't know how tall tony is i'm, wow. I'm on it i'll look that up right now <laughs> i'm a guess five six 
Oh my god, Tony's real last name is Galafassi? That's awesome. Oh, she's, it's because she's married. Um, five eight is solid. I was always jealous of people who were five eight because I think five seven was like the minimum for America's Next Top Model. Not that I ever <laughs> gone on that show anyway, but I remember being like ten and being like, "I'll never make it." Oh, oh I think it's eight. the minimum for Rockettes too. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something mystical about that height. Wow. I'm on her Wikipedia, and I didn't even realize she changed her name to Tony Collette Galafassi. Wow. It's kind of like Gandolfini. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked the mother-daughter scenes in this movie, uh, particularly when Julia is asking her daughter everything she ate that day, because that's just like me and my mom. And I also tell her to stop asking me, and she won't. Yeah, a lot of good mother mother scenes. I really liked uh, Chloe and Julia's relationship because I have I, I I suffer from my own mommy issues, so I know what it's like to kind of cling to my friends' mothers and like have them mother me. Um, so I found that relationship relatable. For sure. Yeah, I thought it was That's cute. Such a nostalgic thing too is like. When you're in high school, you like know your friend's parents super well. And then yeah. when you're, you know, if you move away from where you're from, it's like, like I know Sam's mom, but like we don't hang out. Yeah, your mom follows me on Twitter. We follow each other on Twitter. Yeah, our only listeners are my mom and our, our, our friend in Brazil. Yeah. I hope she still listens. Me too. It's okay. niche, but it's very solid like when i when i read the tony awards was the name and like the whole premise i cackled so it's you've got something good here i wish that you had come to new york and that coronavirus hadn't happened mckenna it's so upsetting yeah yeah i'll be back out i still have a voucher for for a free flight oh true (laughs) true Apparently, there was a lot of improv in this movie. Um, oh, which is uh, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> is it? Cause it cause, well, because it wasn't like that funny. <laughs> like, I know, you know but dramatic I mean, improv is hard. Dramatic improv is hard. Yeah, um, I could see like the like pulling out the weeds being improv, but then yeah. there was also like a little ASMR moment. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Apparently, yeah, the whole last scene with them like reconciling was mostly improvised hmm. which yeah, i wanted just acts. <laughs> what they just wrote two acts and then we're like okay we'll just wing <laughs> it after the climax yeah okay uh which now I they want- were like sorry i was just gonna say they were what if they were like it's up to you whether they reconcile or not oh my god we're gonna record two versions and test it out on audiences um but the moment where she says, I, you know, like sometimes I, I don't usually park outside your house. Mostly I just drive past. And he says, I drive your house. I drive past your house sometimes too. I wrote in my notes, I was like, that's so romantic. Uh, and I was like, it, was James Gandolfini that romantic or was it Nicole Holosener? Does anybody like You'll drive never or know. walk by their ex's houses or apartments? No. 
for fun. I did that like once. <laughs> if I drive, I'm within like a five mile radius. I get just anxious. Yeah. I think it's fun to tempt fate like that, but well, none of my exes like <laughs> live here anymore, but um, I like to walk past my old jobs. Um, it's like I a weird fetish of mine. Oh because they could maybe recognize me because they're all they're all restaurants and now they're all outside so they could recognize me so i just like strut by with my mask and no I'm, that freaks me remember out. me i can't do it no way yeah no i love attention I'll, i love like going out to eat places i used to work and feeling all popular and then like like i went to a restaurant i worked at like a year ago and even the regulars i was like oh my god hey like giving them hugs and just out at dinner on a friday like i love that shit <laughs> I never leave on that good of a note, though. Yeah, the last so. job I left, I left on, like, really bad terms. Um, so I feel like I honestly have thought about what I would do if I ran into somebody from that job out in the wild. And I think that I would just turn around and, and sprint off, honestly. Let's be honest. I avoid my friends on the street a lot of the time because I'm too awkward to just, like, yeah. randomly. They DM you later and they're like, Hey, I saw you in line at McDonald's and you avoided me. I saw you see me and put your hand over your eyes and look down. <laughs> I saw you, you see me put your mask over your eyes. I saw you take a picture of me from far away and send it to somebody. I want to know what you said. Have you guys done the fake phone call though where you're walking and you're like, hello? Yeah. Um, oh. yeah. yeah, yeah, no, of course. 100%. Okay. I used to do that in... I'm the I'm the realest one here, I guess. Yeah. Wow. We all need medication except Luke. Yeah. I, well, I did that in college a lot because we had a really small school. So if if you like saw someone, if you had a weird experience with somebody, and then like you didn't want to see them, and you you're obviously in a small school, so you just like you just go on your phone really intensely, or you put it up and you're like pretending to listen to voicemails, like crying. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, you and I hid from somebody one time in a laundry room, Jake. Mm -hmm. Yes, my roommate. And, yeah. <laughs> Who you were going to see in 10 minutes anyway. I always put this movie and the movie It's Complicated into like the same category in my mind, even though up until I still haven't seen It's Complicated. Is that the one with Meryl Streep? And Alec Baldwin, yeah. <gasps> And the poster is them, like, with the bed separated. And and he's like, and she's like. Isn't she in one with someone else that's rom-com that's, like, called, like, Mama Mia. Palm Springs or something? Um, no, Meryl Streep isn't no, in Palm Springs. Love Springs. Oh. I thought that was It's Complicated. Hmm. Love Springs is, oh, my God. Baptist Church, Love Springs, Meryl Streep. Yeah, it's her, Hope Springs. Oh. It's her and Steve Carell. Interesting. She gets around. As romantic interests? Or is it just, uh, are they both in the movie? I hope romantic um, interests. I'm gonna assume romantic interests oh no he's the therapist and tommy lee jones is her husband okay good good <laughs> thank, who thank is God. that i don't know 
Anyway, sorry to be boring. <laughs> no, it's okay. Well, what else I do we have to say about this movie? I don't know. I thought it was pretty, like, it was a good movie. Um, it was. It was solid, for sure. Yeah. I liked that um, Catherine Keener had a call with Joni Mitchell at one point. She just comes into a scene. She goes, I had a call with Joni Mitchell this morning. Did anyone oh, else this- not realize that Joni Mitchell was still alive? I, I didn't either. I yeah, I didn't. I actually Googled it like during, like while I was watching this, I was like, Joni Mitchell alive. And she is. <laughs> <laughs> Joni Mitchell dead. <laughs> yeah. She's still kicking. Had no idea. I love how like this woman randomly, like, which we don't ever like find out for sure, but she just, like, Julia is always being like, yeah, she has no friends at all except for me and Joni Mitchell. <laughs> I think she says it though she's like I have no friends like she might have said it a couple times it's like you have no friends except your daughter's friend well and Tony and Tony you're right you're right yeah her daughter and her friend I'm sorry I thought it was a little how did you meet a woman at a party if the woman doesn't have any friends because she was famous and a poet. And oh. she had, like, lesbian fans. Mm. It was a pity invite or, like, a, just a social climbing move on whoever threw the party. True. Wasn't she wearing, like, a, a white prom dress and, like, a plaid, like, a flannel over yeah, it? Yeah, she was sexy. And, and they were, like, they were like, ooh, she's so, she looks so good. No, she was, the, as soon as she arrived on this movie, I wrote in my notes, I was like, this poet is sexy. <laughs> <laughs> she had major sex appeal to me. Well, when she says she's a poet and JLD is like, uh, me, me too, I'm a dreamer. I'm a, yeah, I'm, a dreamer. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually surprised that they continued a friendship after that moment, like that awkward. I think I would like have a Yeah, I got a new client, maybe. And I, I was like, what? She doesn't hate you? <laughs> I know, right? Wait, Sam, do you ever tell people you're a poet? No. Well, what do you say right, that you poetry? are? I don't know. I say that I, I don't say anything. I say I'm Sam. No, but if, if they're like, what do you do? I say I'm a receptionist. But then if they're like... If Artistically? They're, um, yeah. I say I'm a comic. A comic instead of a comedian. <laughs> I would a never comedian. say comedian. <laughs> receptionist. I have a question. A, yes. a receptionist. What is the difference between a comic and a comedian? I think that comedian is more broad. Because you can be like an improv comedian. A comic is is more of like a a joke writer. And a comedian is more of a performer. But they're definitely interchangeable. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I thought my interpretation was that comic referred specifically to stand-up comedy and comedian referred to like anything under the broad umbrella of comedy. I think that makes sense too because I feel like I call myself a comedian but I don't really do stand-up but I feel like I'm funny in a broad sense. Yeah and you're an improv god. Well no not anymore. Well, just because our improv team disbanded, that doesn't mean... Hey, no, no one's anything anymore, okay? That's we all true. exist on our screen. Improv is dead. Improv is dead. Comedy is alive. I mean, even court is dead. 
That's true. That's great. Yeah. And Johnny Mitchell's alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. And James Gandolfini is dead. I wasn't going to say it, but it's true. Aww. Who would have thought that Joni Mitchell would have outlived James Gandol- Gandolfini? Wow. I didn't, I wouldn't have thought that either. No one who, you know, wrote this movie probably was expecting that. Who would have thought that Antonin Scalia would outlive James okay. Gandolfini? Are we getting to Ruth Bader Ginsburg here? I'd rather not. Let's continue. Do we want to uh, move on to awards? I think so. I have one. It's not an award. It's not my award. Okay. Actually, it could be my award. Does anybody have any like other notes before we move on to awards? Yes, here's my note. I just wanted to give an award. Oh, sorry. I mean, I wanted to mention how awkward it was whenever JLD was webcam talking to Tony, but they didn't show the web. They didn't show the screen like this, like our Zoom right here. They just showed Tony in her house with like an extreme close up. It was just a bunch of yeah, just real head on. It was it, it was startling. It was very like no budget, and I was like, what's going on? <laughs> But I'm not giving that an award. Yeah. I just wanted to let it be known how awkward it was. Okay. I guess I'm just a snob for Zoom now. I'm a Zoom snob because of 2020. So, Elite Zoomist. Mm-hmm. True. Zoomist. By the way, Jake, I love that shirt. Just that's my note. <laughs> oh, thanks. Solid it's, shirt. Um, it's red, teal, and black and white stripes for our listeners. Orange. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Okay. Like shoulder pads, or are you just square? Oh, sorry. I'm that posture. My last <laughs> 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 shoulder right. pads, or are you just a square? No, are you just? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like, are you like? I'm a rectangular. <laughs> okay. Great. I have no shoulders. Okay, I'm ready for awards. <laughs> All right. Uh, here on the Tony Awards, we give three awards to each movie, first of which is best prop. So, Fluke, what was your best prop? Um, I got to go with the massage table. The very heavy massage table. What about you, McKenna? So, my best prop is the single box of Fig Newtons that is in the cabinet at um, Albert's house because it was the only thing on the whole shelf on this like open cabinet and it just kind of showed how sad this man is truly at his core. <laughs> I didn't catch that. <laughs> Me neither. That's funny. Definitely, uh, go back and, and look for it. Prop. <laughs> I love Fig Newtons though. Uh, mm-hmm. I am Albert. Anyway, my best prop what yeah, my best prop was uh the piece of litter that Julia yells at her daughter to throw in the trash cuz I was very mad at the daughter for not throwing it in the trash can. That was about 2 feet away. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. My best prop was the um stoops in this film because in almost every two-person scene JLD sits next to someone on a stair, on a step. And then they look towards the camera. <laughs> yes. Literally every single scene. <laughs> it's even on the I cover did, of the poster. True. I did I did notice that Albert had a chair, but she was like sitting on the floor. <laughs> like in his backyard at brunch. 
Oh. Don't you know those like earthy masseuse knitter ladies? You know. <laughs> yeah, I also thought that the first kiss between them was so cute. It was when oh, they were on the stoop. stoop. I yeah. love a stoop kiss. Okay. Stoop kiss. Uh, the next award, stoop kiss, is afraid to. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. The next award is a uh, best Tony moment. What did you guys think? All right. Any- so um, at the dinner party thing at uh, Tony's house, when uh, she gets real mad at the maid and then fires her. And then she gets really sad and she's like clutching the softball and like crying. See, I, th- I think I thought the maid like quit on her own because she oh, was right. Tony started freaking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's um, really similar to how I left my last drop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my best Tony moment because she was like. She didn't have a lot of amazing moments. I appreciated that she used her natural accent for, and it wasn't part of the plot. So I think my best one is probably just her last scene when the maid is like back and she's telling her to use the good plates for Thanksgiving and then she finds the hairbrush in the kitchen cutlery drawer and Tony's just like, all right, I'm okay with my maid. (laughs) What about you, McKenna? My best Tony moment was um, the dinner with, with, with like the double date dinner. Um, I think I thought she was a really good friend, and I thought that she'd like Tony as an actress did a lot or an actor. <laughs> um, uh, her acting was was very subtle, but like it was um, like she didn't have a lot of dialogue, but you could tell that she was being a good friend and being a pacifist. And like her husband says. Like, I, I think I'll have some bread. And she, like, hits him. And then her facial expressions just say it all. thought that was a great, great moment for Tone. Yeah. My best Tony moment was one of her first scenes when she and her shitty husband are driving Julia to the party. Uh, and they're fighting. And Julia interrupts them to ask if her lip gloss is a good color on her. Uh, and Tony just very sincerely looks behind her and goes, you look good. Because that's what I aspire to be in my relationships. I wish that I too could fight with my boyfriend and put the brakes on it for just a second to tell my friend that that lip gloss looks great. Mm-hmm. That's really a, such a feminist uh, moment. She's a feminist yeah. icon, yeah. Who <laughs> tone? Yes. The tonester? I'm so glad that she doesn't have social media. Uh, oh my God. Well, because we she's can just Australia. say that, because we can just say that she's a feminist icon and like believe it, you know. Okay. Uh, and then next <laughs> is a custom award. It can be an award for anything. What are everybody's custom awards? Well, mine was actually tied into your best prop. It's the award for best um, depiction um, through a certain lens of like a millennial teen in 2013 of the girl who's like friends with. Uh, Julia's daughter who is like who drops the litter and then she goes pick up that litter and then the girl goes no I'm not going to and then she goes I said pick up your trash you're not British like doing accents yes. for no reason best accent work award goes to that's what it was 
best yeah. dialect. Yeah. They, she beat Tony for best dialect. <laughs> Followed by a close second. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I I had to give the coolest daughter award to Julia's daughter uh, for getting pissed off at her mom for like two seconds at the end, and then being like, "It's okay. I've been distant too," and then just dropping it. Uh-huh. What about you? Um, my custom was best insult in the movie because I think that there were a lot of insulting moments toward Albert, but um, Dyke really takes the cake. I thought that that I was, <laughs> I hope that that was improvised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was probably shooting transparent and she was like, because her character is bisexual in that show and she was probably like, you know what? I'm feeling really like homophobic today. I'm going to improvise um, a slur. They're like, you know what, that was actually a really solid moment. Because I, I almost feel like JLD's reaction could have been genuine. She's like, it looked oh, genuine. Right. She like laughed, yeah. That had to be improvised. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Fluke? Um, yeah, so I have um, Julia's uh, most Elaine Bennis moment, uh, which is when she gets really drunk and she's like shitting on Albert for not being able to whisper. Good. That's true. That's a really good point. We love a typecast. Oh, love <laughs> it. I feel like I would follow Julia Louis Dreyfus to the ends of the earth. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, it looks like we've reached the end of our podcast. Uh, do you guys have anything to plug? Yeah. No. Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye. Until next time, that's enough said.